hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. And we are back once again with the exclusive interview with True Hill's BTR Between the Ropes with the one, the only, the first and only uh, Rock the Promo champion, as well as MLW commentator, Mr. AJ Kirsch. What's going on, brother? Man, hell of an intro. Uh, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. that right off the bat. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> appreciate that, brother. I appreciate you taking the time out to join me on this interview. Before I do anything, I want to remind the viewers, please push that like button. Attack that like button. Make sure AJ knows that you're watching, that you appreciate him taking the time out and having this interview with us. And remember, there's an icon right down at the bottom. Push the subscribe button for more True Hill Heat. So, AJ... My brother, a lot of the viewers are going to know you from Tough Enough or your time on MLW, you know, more recently. But I know you you have a background in like independent uh, pro wrestling on the West Coast. How did you like, get into pro wrestling? Like, were you a friend growing up or was it something that you just kind of like got into? Something I just kind of fell into, really. I was aware of pro wrestling as a young kid, but I never really watched it like religiously. Like I was aware of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and, you know, all the biggest names. Um, but it wasn't until the spring of 96 that I was flipping through channels and happened across Monday Night Raw. And I'm like, all right, I haven't watched wrestling in a while. Let's see what it's all about. And for whatever reason, to this day, I have a hard time articulating what it was. But I was just absolutely captivated by everything. The characters, the athleticism, the drama, the stories. I mean, it was all just... It just grabbed me and never really let go. And so it was a super exciting time to become a fan because it was three months before the NWO. It was three months before Austin 316 was born. And then all of a sudden ECW starts making some noise. So I started watching just like before everybody started jumping ship from WWF at the time to WCW. And it was a great time to become a fan. And Obviously, we started getting into the Attitude Era from that point, and so as I was getting older, as I was growing, wrestling was growing with me, which is why I think, to this day, I call it a phase that I never grew out of. It, that's beautiful. It kind of like grew up along with you, and you kind of caught it at like it, when it was when it when the rocket was about to pull off. So you were, you oh were yeah, right there. <laughs> NASA was counting down at the time, and I was like, oh, I want to hop on this ride. This looks like a lot of fun. We, we, we actually do uh, a series on here called True Rewind, where we're going back to the Monday Night uh, War. Oh, nice. We're starting from the beginning of the Nitro, so it's kind of great that you're kind of talking about it. So that's oh, awesome. no, it's, it was, that was an amazing time to be a wrestling fan. Absolutely agree. So you got into on you did like more of the independent scene on the West Coast. Kind of what was like your transitioning from like watching it on TV to actually like becoming a pro wrestler? Yeah, so I started training in October of 2003. Um, I was going to school at Chico State at the time, which is about 90 minutes north of Sacramento in California. And there was a wrestling school about an hour away at the time. So I was like going to college, but at the same time I was training to be a wrestler because I'd always heard if you want to be a wrestler, first thing you got to do is get your degree because the odds of making it in wrestling are slim and slim to none. So I wanted to make sure I was getting an education, but as I was getting an education, I was also training to be a wrestler. Um, I had broken my ankle six weeks into training, so that set me back quite a bit. Um, but during that time, as I was healing up, I still went to practice. I still took notes and asked questions. 
Um, they brought me in first as a referee because they wanted to get me. And I actually think all wrestling schools should do this at some point is like, get your new trainees acquainted with being a referee. So they know how to be in front of a crowd, even if they're not performing in the same respect that the, that the wrestlers are, but also get used to like how communicating during a match happens and how to kind of control the flow of a match or like, help the wrestlers out as much as possible because it gets you more comfortable as a wrestler when that time finally comes. So I really took my time with training. I wanted to make sure I was as ready as I was ever going to feel. So I didn't make my debut until October of 2005. And at the time, yeah, that was the goal was to be a pro wrestler and go to WWE and main event WrestleMania and all the things that go with dreaming about becoming a pro wrestler. Beautiful, beautiful. But you can't. You come along at a time when WWE wants to rebrand something that came from the from our Attitude Era that we were just discussing, called Tough Enough, and, right. it, and it, it was all around the Stone Cold Steve Austin being the uh, host. How did you like find out about it? How did you go about like the tryout video? And how was your response to like getting that call? Yeah. So. Um... I heard about it from a friend on Facebook, you know, as pe people in wrestling love to talk, people everywhere love to talk, but word was getting around that they were bringing back Tough Enough, and I was like, I don't know, somebody has to be on that show, and I think it should be me. Why not? You never know if, unless you give it a shot. Like, I think it was R Wayne Gretzky who says, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So I was like, screw it, I'm going to give it a shot. And I had had some experience with iMovie, like nothing special, but I knew how to like, edit and overlay audio and make cuts and and make it look like a legit you know reality show application video so uh took some time to shoot it um i sent it off and then a couple weeks later i got a call from one of the casting producers saying we liked your video we'd like to interview you the interview was first over the phone then there was a skype interview and then an even longer skype interview and then after that interview they were like okay here's what's next we want to fly you down to la uh for a final round of in-person casting but we need you to pack as if you're gonna go for six weeks and i was like uh okay whatever whatever you need so what they did was they flew 28 people to la for in-person casting they flew 14 people home and the 14 people that they kept went into shooting the show the next day and we were so they were like pack for six weeks because if you stay you're on the show and so it wasn't so much a call that i was on the show i was in a hotel room in la where they had put us up all the people that they had flown in for the final round of casting and it was a knock on my door and a, a camera crew to film me and my reaction informing me that i was going to be a contestant on tough enough so we like were thrown in head first from the moment we flew down to la yeah, from the frying pan into the fire for sure. Yeah. Like, like I'm actually, I actually, because of the the time in quarantine, being able to like binge watch, binge watch the first season of Tough Enough, and I I distinctly remember on the first episode they have like a couple of days or a week before they actually go to the house. So you did not get that luxury. <laughs> no, we didn't. We we went straight from L.A. to um, the arena in San Diego. I forgot what it was called, but they had us there to do one of the challenge. This was before we even got to the house. It was LA to San Diego for SmackDown. And then from there, I think we finally checked into the house. And so they chopped it up a little bit to make it look like we went to the house first and then got acquainted with each other. But you know, that's, that's the 
magic of reality TV or really any television really is that they they edit it to make it look like we got to the house first, but no, we went straight to SmackDown. Wow, that that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure that's like an experience that you will never ever forget. And I'm oh totally, no, I'm sure it's a it's a fun number of stories. It's just layered. <laughs> yeah, one of many. <laughs> So you are you are actually on a very star-studded uh tough enough cast. Like you have like uh Cameron who was a Funkadactyl on WWE, uh Marty the Moth Martinez, who got was a former Lucha Underground champion, Eva Lee, who was also in Lucha Underground. How was like your experience like kind of being around kind of like a young crop of like future superstars and who like stood out to you the most? You know, I really knew nothing about the other uh competitors. Um I think most of us were just trying to make it on the indie circuit. And at the time it was kind of quiet. Like it wasn't nearly as active or as robust as it is right now. Um, you know, Matt Cross was on that season as well, yes. who is one of the most talented wrestlers in the world back then. And still now he was um, probably a huge favorite of that season for sure. Yeah, he was. And like, had I, again, I knew nothing about him, but had I known what he was capable of, I would have looked at him as the favorite just because he is so absurdly athletic. Um, I don't think it's any secret that Luke uh, was the seat, was kind of the favorite to win the show. He was just such a natural heel. He was very easily hateable. He was equally talented. Cardio was great. Had a great, just like kind of sinister, sneery face. So I actually picked him to to win the whole thing. Um, Martin was also on a hell of a tear when it came to in-ring work and just being a solid worker. I don't know that anybody on that show was better than Martin, but obviously he had an, uh, an ankle injury of his own and, and took him out prematurely. Uh, to this day, I kind of joke with him. I'm like, man, thank God for that glass ankle because it bought me some time because I had some rough days up to that point and I would not have had my shining moment on the show had Martin stuck around because I think I was next on the chopping block. So... I still give him crap about that to this day. It's fun, though. I'm still friends, though, with, with Martin. Uh, Eric Watts and I have become good friends. I've seen nice. Matt Cross probably a half dozen times just working as an independent uh, wrestler. Um, but, yeah, I would not have guessed that the person who won won that season. Oh, uh, most most definitely, it was a kind of like a surprise uh, winner winner for sure. But like from your time on Tough Enough, I know this was around 2011. Then uh, the next time, like you kind of got uh, kind of on the main stage is on the Rock the Promo cha challenge, which uh, honestly I just recently get been able to binge watch that. That is entertaining stuff. If you haven't watched it before, it's on the Rock's YouTube channel. Definitely check that out. How how was like your kind of like transition period from that kind of long? period of time like a five-year gap because rock the promo happened in 2016 kind of right. what did you do in between then so fresh out of tough enough the advice i got from bill demott who was one of the trainers was work as many places as you can and so there was this um relatively new promotion in oakland which was close to where i was living at the time called hood slam a 21 and over promotion and i was like this sounds like a lot of fun i'm gonna check it find out who books it ask if i can check out a show um, I did, and they were like, hey, you want to hop on commentary? And I was like, okay, like, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And I enjoyed it. Turns out I had a knack for it, and I started showing up at every Hood Slam show. I, I just added that to my the other shows that I was working, and soon realized that I needed to come up with a character that can stand next to these ridiculous creations at Hood Slam, like, the Stoner Brothers and Drugs Bunny and El Chupacabra and just 
all the ridiculousness that was happening at Hood Slam. I'm like, I need a character. And I was so sick of being a good guy because after Tough Enough, all anybody wanted to see was just AJ Kirsch because I was on WWE TV. But as a performer, it's not fun just being yourself. Like I wanted to be a character. I wanted to like get ridiculous and over the top. So I wanted to create a character who would immediately be recognized as a bad guy. And so at Hood Slam, I was just kind of paying attention to who was coming to the shows and like what kind of character or what type of person would they hate. And so I took my experience. Like I said, I went to school at Chico State, and that's just notorious for being a huge party school. Uh, a lot of frat culture there. I was never in a frat myself, but there's just a ton of frat culture. I worked as a bouncer in some of the douchiest neighborhoods in San Francisco and Sacramento. Um, I was a gym rat, still am. And I unironically love Nickelback. And to this day, people don't believe me when I say it. But I, I'm not joking when I say they are like neck and neck with ACDC as one of my all-time favorite bands. So, by no, the way, top, I'm sorry. Top, top three songs after you catch that. <laughs> yeah, top th I mean, I can't just pick three. You can't make me pick just three. So I took all of those shreds of my own personality and I put together a character named Brosif Joe Brody who is basically the most obnoxious, over-the-top, raging, dickhead, uber-bro you can imagine. And anybody right now who's watching this and is like, oh, you just stole Matt Riddle's gimmick. I was doing this back in 2012. Matt Riddle was in the UFC looking like Justin Bieber at the time. So exactly. <laughs> every time I see original bro on his tights, I'm like, ah, that's cute. Um, <laughs> plus, Zack Ryder was the first bro in wrestling, so... Yeah, and, yeah, the first mo most famous, I would say, yeah. Right, and, right. And he, then was if it, Jersey, he was a Jersey Shore bro. I'm more of like, uh, you know, in Santa Monica on spring break bro. You're a West Coast bro. West you're Coast a, bro, exactly. He's an like, East Coast bro, you're a West Coast bro. So that right, was exactly. the, the difference to me. Like, on my experience, I came to uh, San Francisco in, I think it was 2017, 2018. I went out there, and I was going for the New Japan show, actually. Okay. With, uh, Kenny Omega versus Cody. And then one of our friends out there, he actually uh, works at one of the uh, great pharmaceutical establishments out there. May I give them a thumbs up as well? <laughs> and, and he told us that we needed to go to Hood Slam. He was like, if yeah. there's one experience that you need to have, and you're a wrestling fan, it's on the west coast you need to go to hood slam that's what he told us and my god we stand we stood outside on a line all the fans are so welcoming they're like a whole big family they kind of like ask you like are you new are you are you here oh yeah it's a community it really <laughs> is it is a community out there like it was like so greedy so welcoming so you go inside and then it's like it's like the the biggest rave or like like college party with like everybody has a cup in their hand some people are doing uh, uh the 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 drug of choice absolutely it's 420 everywhere and, <laughs> and then a wrestling event starts like it's like an amazing it's an experience it's not right. a wrestling event it's a whole entire experience and that's my personal experience from uh, being as a fan how about you being so long like from the beginning of hood slam to now like how has like all the crazy what's like the craziest thing you've seen at a hood slam event Man, that's hard to say. Um, to be fair, I wasn't there from the very beginning. Hood Slam started in 2010, yeah. but I have been there long enough to watch it grow over the years, and that has been just an absolute joy. Um, I think, the, so I would really have to like sit here and think about the craziest thing I've ever seen, but the first thing that came to mind is 
<laughs> is when uh, Brian Kendrick was a regular for us at the time, and he was in a feud with a stuffed horse named Butternuts, and Butternuts was like a crowd favorite, like a legend at Hood Slam. Butternuts has been there since the very beginning, and at Entertainia, which is our like WrestleMania, uh, which is hilarious. Like Vince McMahon will always call pro wrestling entertainment before he calls it wrestling, but he'll never change the name of WrestleMania. So we took our premier wrestling event and named it Entertainia as kind of just like, you know, like, <laughs> we see you. Nose up. <laughs> we see you. Um, so at Entertainia, there was actually a match between Brian Kendrick and Butternuts. Uh, Butternuts hit a Hurricane Rana off the top rope and landed on his feet for one. But also, at the end of the match, Brian Kendrick took out a knife and beheaded Butternuts. And then started... Oh, wait. That was after Butternuts bit out his eye and bit off his dick. So, like, a lot a lot has happened with between Butternuts and Brian Kendrick. It's still... I still get a little emotional talking about Butternuts because it's it's always too soon when it comes to Butternuts. But... That's that's the first thing that comes to mind is that Brian Kendrick beheaded a stuffed horse in one of the premier matches at our biggest show of the year. That that's that's the type of art that like WrestleMania 36 was based off of. Like, yep. like yep. <laughs> they're they, just they now were... nice nice the WWE is just now catching up. Exactly, exactly. That's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff, but slightly emotional. I, I need a moment. It is. The next but, show, um, the band started off the show by playing a funeral version of Pony by Genuine. <laughs> I, 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 I am going to go out my way, so I suggest every viewer go out their way to find that. I yes. And watch there's, that. And there's a ton of stuff all over, like, uh, hoodslam.tv is the official Twitch channel. Just plug in Hoodslam on YouTube and you're going to find matches and highlight reels and I think some full shows are even online on YouTube. So go out of your way to check it out. It is, to this day, the most fun I've ever had in any type of wrestling capacity. Like, as a performer, that crowd and just being able to be brosif and having zero creative restrictions. Like, I'm spitting whiskey into the air. There's F-bombs all over the place. In fact, one of the slogans for Hood Slam is don't bring your effing kids. Like, it's... Yes. magnificent and one of the things that's kind of keeping me sane during shelter in place and social distancing is just imagining what the vibe is going to be like for that first show back it's going to be madness it's going to be so much bottled in excitement oh, <laughs> it's going to be an explosion of epic proportions i love it i love it so you took browser joe brody over to the rock the promo. Oh and... yeah, that's where we were going with this. Yes, episode. yes, that's yes. Right. So, <laughs> so how how was that? Like you got so much appreciation from people like Cody, Mick Foley, Edge. So get that appreciation from Hall of Famers, getting that type of validation. How was that for you? Amazing. I mean, anytime I get that type of like nod of approval or like you said, validation from people that I grew up watching, then it's just like. It's one of those, you know, is this is this real life right now? Like, what what is happening? And it was the same thing with Tough Enough. Like, I, I The Rock was launching his YouTube channel. Like, this was what the first project on his YouTube channel was, Rock the Promo. And I followed him on social media, as a lot, you know, hundreds of millions of people do. And I was like, you know what? Somebody has to be on Rock the Promo, and I think it should be me. I think I'm good at cutting a promo. I've got this brosive character. 
and let's just give it a shot and see what happens. And some pretty incredible things can happen if you just give it a shot and see what happens. Absolutely. And you went out there, you, you got the job done, beating our good friend, a uh, friend of the uh, the podcast, uh, Mr. Glenn Ford. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Shots out to him. We appreciate him, the good brother. But uh, super like, talented, by the way. Both him and his buddy Ari, like sweet revenge. Uh, the fact that they had like the creativity to go in this as a tag team and not just a solo character. Uh, they were they were on point every step of the way. And I did not walk into the finals thinking that it would be a cakewalk, and it definitely wasn't. Like they brought it, and and I'm really happy to be friends with both of those guys to this day. Absolutely. Glenn is super talented. Uh, definitely check out. He's got a short film coming out called The Fix. So definitely want to show our support to him. He's a talented brother and we appreciate his friendship to the podcast. Yes, we but do. like you win the Rock the Promo Challenge. You got all the fame uh, from from Tough Enough. You got Hood Slam going on. What made you now become the MLW commentator? What what was kind of like that transition for you, kind of going from being a commentator on Hood Slam to being a commentator on MLW? Yeah, so I was just, I'm always looking for the next opportunity. I'm always looking to get better. I'm always looking to perform on bigger stages. And so there was a point around this time last year when I'm just kind of like, all right, Landscape and wrestling is shifting a little bit. You've got AEW popping up. You've got MLW making a lot of noise. So I'm like, where do I want to be right now? And so I was just kind of in this phase of finding out who books talent for different companies, getting in touch and sending out my resume and references and my reels of my work and just saying, look, you may not have an opportunity right now, but if something comes up, if you're shuffling your deck in the future, then I would appreciate it if you kept me in mind. So one of the places I sent that email was to MLW and the entire summer went by. I didn't hear a thing until uh, end of September when Tony Schiavone was leaving for AEW and Jim Cornette, I don't know, said something stupid on Twitter or something. He did it. He did. Jim Cornette did a Jim Cornette thing. And then he was all of a sudden off of MLW. Um, and so they were, they were, you know, looking for, a, they had a spot to fill and, uh, they sent me an email saying, hey, we received your materials. If you're interested, let's get a discussion going. Shot a couple emails back and forth, reached an agreement. And my first show with MLW was in Tijuana, Mexico, um, with a, a co-promoted show with The Crash. And then my first proper show with MLW was their first ever pay-per-view from Chicago that was like worldwide live television, like no chance for editing or voiceovers or anything else. So it was just kind of like, okay, there. once again, just straight into the fire, like no <laughs> safety net, live worldwide pay-per-view. Welcome to the team. Don't mess it up. Let's go. Absolutely. They was like, he's used to this. He was on Tough Enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, good luck out there, kid. I love it. So, well, well, it well I, have, I had a great time. Um, I miss those guys and girls. Everybody that I work with at MLW is, is great. Um, it's, you know, another show that I'm just chomping at the bit to get back at once things are back to some semblance of normal. 
Absolutely. MLW, we definitely talk about it here on True Hill. He is definitely one of the more like episodic type of wrestling television shows oh, yeah. where you got to kind of keep pace. The storylines are very captivating, very interesting. So you got to always like keep pace. So even if you miss a week, you kind of got to go back. You got to kind of fill right. in those ways. So I, lo- I is, love it. I love it. You like can that. totally do because every MLW Fusion episode is free on YouTube. And like Absolutely. even now when we can't generate new content as far as matches go, there's an MLW anthology series, which we're going to start putting out regularly. Last week, we documented L.A. Park. This coming week, it's going to be Mance Warner. Uh, the following week, I'm not sure I'm supposed to say, but I'll just <laughs> tease it that it's going to be one of the most well-respected wrestlers in the entire world for probably the past 20 years. Mm. So speculation run wild. Tune in this uh, Saturday to find out who next week is going to be, but the uh, profile on Mance Warner this week is absolutely awesome. He's one of the most entertaining characters in wrestling today, and you can check it out by going to youtube.com slash Major League Wrestling. And again, every episode, over 100 episodes of MLW Fusion are available on demand right now for free. Love it, love it. Mance Warner, one of my favorites, a very, very interesting character indeed. <laughs> I yes, love, he the, is. love the Heart Foundation. Shout out to Brian Pillman Jr. We've done an interview with him. Shout outs to your uh, new ring announcer, uh, Mark Adam Haggerty. Oh, actually, yeah. Who's actually been on uh, been on True Hill Heat as well, have done an interview with us. So shout outs to him as well. Yeah, but, great crew, great crew. Now that you're in quarantine, you've been using your time kind of like having a very uh, engaging type of, uh, social media kind of, uh, kind of like presence. Like you're really always there. Like I, anytime I come across your profile, you're either doing a live. I can't keep up with you like stretching <laughs> and, and like do it. <laughs> I, I have I, I have newborn twins, so I'm a oh, lot God. of my time. A lot of my time is dealing with them. So when I see you, I'm like, I want to, but I. <laughs> but mentally... you also haven't slept more than two hours in a week. I get it. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm not mentally there, but like, how's been your experience with quarantine? Using that like time to kind of develop like that social media presence. Yeah. Um. I've always, you know, I'm missing shows. Everybody is. I'm missing everybody I work with. I'm missing the thrill of performing. But I also enjoy missing it. Like, you have to be away from something to miss it. And I think it's, I'm enjoying the break. I'm enjoying the time away. I'm enjoying the opportunity to kind of recalibrate and refocus on what's important to me. And a lot of that I'm sharing on social media, whether it be like seminars that I'm doing or online workouts on Twitch. Um, I'm trying to make myself as engaging and as available as possible while at the same time, knowing when to put the phone down and step away from my computer and just be a human being. Um, I'm trying to like really hone in on what that balance looks like. Um, And with gyms closed and everything, I'm like, you know what? I got to come up with some type of routine to keep myself motivated, to keep myself in shape that will hopefully also reach other people. So one of the things I'm doing is on Twitch, my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash AJ Kirsch, uh, every day I'm doing an at-home zero equipment body weight workout just here in my living room. Again, no equipment at all, just a sweat towel and some water. And I've got like 20 to 30 people tuning in every night that are saying that it keeps them motivated. It keeps them wanting to work out. It keeps them moving. And they just, I'm, I do not take it seriously. It's not like I'm, okay, one, you know, 10 push-ups and just like being boring about it. I'm like BSing with everybody between sets. Um, it's a really nice community 
and it happens every weeknight at 5.15 Pacific time. The stream starts, and then the workout starts at 5.30. So, and again, it's free. It's on Twitch. So all you need is the link to tune in, and again, that link is twitch.tv slash AJ Kirsch. So if you need motivation to get moving, if you want you know an outlet to keep you working out, then check out my Twitch channel. And then one of the other things I'm doing is I'm trying to do seminars every two to three weeks or so on Zoom, just sharing my experience with, you know, the first one was on how to cut a better promo. And the second one was on fitness and nutrition and supplements and things like that. The next one that we're going to do is on mental health and how to prioritize and just get more comfortable in dealing with and talking about your mental health. And that's going to be happening this Saturday on Zoom. Um, and just shoot me a DM on social media if you want more information. And I am at AJ Kirsch, which is A-J-K-I-R-S-C-H on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My DMs are wide open. I am not hard to get a hold of. So if that seminar sounds interesting, DM me. If you want more information on the workouts, DM me. Um, but yeah, to your point, I'm trying to make myself as engaging and as reachable as possible because social media can be just this kind of miserable cesspool at times. But yes. right now, when everybody is still supposed to be sheltering in place and quarantined, it is a great way to connect with your audience. And as I said, I'm always looking for a bigger stage to bring my passion to. And right now, social media is that stage. Love it. Love it. And we'll put the links and everything in the description below so you could definitely click on that and support AJ. My final question for you is, uh, I, like I said, I follow you on social media, sir. I heard you just had your first experience in quite some time with our good friend, co-host of Joints and Jabronis, co-host of Blunt Impact, Miss Mary Jane. How, how was your, your, your first experience with Miss Mary in quite some time? It was like, a, was it like meeting an old friend? Was it like an old flame that you didn't want to see? How was it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while since, <laughs> uh, since I dabbled, you know, mostly because when we hang out, uh, all of a sudden I want to eat everything. And so as a health conscious person, I'm like, okay, you know what, maybe it's time to create some separation, some distance, you know, and just make sure that uh, now that I'm aware that that happens to me when I'm around her, uh, I just dabble carefully and, and I choose my spots accordingly. Um, last week, though, I was like, you know what, I really need to clean my apartment. I need some extra motivation to make that happen. So me and MJ hung out for a little while. And I had such a good time. I was like dancing all over the place and I was just bumping music and I was just having such a good time. I would, I had never been happier cleaning my apartment than when Mary Jane and I were hanging out. So that was last week. I'm going to, I'm actually looking forward to doing it again at some point this week. It's either going to happen like tomorrow or Wednesday. I don't know when this airs, but as we're recording this, it's Monday, May 18th. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to setting aside an entire afternoon, getting uh, well well acquainted uh, once again with Mary Jane, and just being like, I'm gonna clean the hell out of something. I don't even know what, but something's about to get really freaking clean, and I'm gonna have a party for one while I'm doing it. So, I, so it's I like seeing an old friend. We never missed a beat. I love the evolution and the progression, though. You said before she made you lazy and made you want to eat. Now she motivates you. She makes you. She makes you want to get stuff done. It's beautiful. She does. 
It wasn't, we weren't right for each other at the time, but now I think we're like two peas in a pod. Absolutely. Love it. Love it, my brother. So anything else you want to tell the viewers at home or like where, once again, where they can follow you online? Yeah. Um, you know, real quick, social media once again is at AJ Kirsch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, if you want to check out my store on Pro Wrestling Tees, that would be amazing. Uh, most of the shirts are Brosif related. So I actually secured the URL Bro Wrestling Tees. So nice. go, so I don't need, you know, you don't need to know anything other than BroWrestlingTees.com. Um, <laughs> tune into my workouts on Twitch every weeknight, 515 Pacific. Uh, the stream starts 530. The workout starts. It's twitch.tv slash AJ Kirsch. And I don't know. I've, I've been, I close out my workouts with this and a lot of the interviews that I've done, I feel like this is worth repeating that we're stronger than the circumstances that surround us right now. And like nobody's life is going according to plan right now. Like everybody's had to make changes. They didn't want to. I know it sucks having to wear a mask and stay six feet away from people, but like, just be safe and be smart and be patient. Like this is going to go away a lot sooner if we all just forget about how much it sucks and just do the work to, to get rid of it. So hang in there. If times are tough right now, um, this will pass. We just need to put in the work to make sure it passes. So wear your mask, stay six feet away. And just remember that we, we are stronger than the circumstances that surround us. Beautiful message to end off this interview. So for AJ Kirsch, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been True Hill's BTR Between the Ropes with AJ Kirsch signing off until next time. Peace.